Do you feel that you're modeling appropriate and positive behavior for today's youth? I feel like we just figured out who or what killed Biggie and Tupac. Gary, Gary, Gary. Gary Hoffman. He's like a little man. Hi, guys. I'm Shannon. Shannon Farron. I like that she's a fighter and that she doesn't give up. Who are you? Gary and Shannon. You can talk. Uh, goo goo gaga. No, you can really talk. Now let's get this nightmare started. Is anyone else having a hard time working this week? I'm having a hard time thinking about what I'm going to do immediately after the show. Right. Because you have a bunch of things to do. i got to get my tires rotated. i gotta, I got to buy some extra things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some last-minute things i got to do. I know. And it's just... That's got a lot of things going on in the noggin this week. Yeah. Well, it's Gary and Shannon... It looks pretty clear what happened up there on the way from Seattle to Portland on that high-speed Amtrak train. The train was doing 80 in a 30. Well, now that's 80 gonna... in a 30. Oh, I wonder what happened. If there was an automobile accident where someone was doing 80 in a 30 and they wrecked their car, uh, open and shut case there. But because the NTSB is involved, there's going to be a long, drawn-out investigation. It looks like there were speed warnings posted and the engineer did not follow them. Yeah, um, no, we don't know why. I mean, that, and I think that's part of the investigation is, is was the conductor slash engineer. I don't know which one it is. Is it the conductor uh, or the engineer? Uh, the guy in the front of the train. If if he was distracted by a phone, is a possibility. Although they've made some very strict rules about making sure that your phone is not anywhere near you when you're in charge of the train. Uh, did he not know that the – did he not see the signs? Were there not warnings? We'll dig into all that. Also, Congress expected to pass the final version of the tax bill. I was wondering what this means for accountants because this is going to take effect starting next year. And, you know, you've got your tax appointment probably ready to go in the first couple months of the year. So I wonder where this leaves CPAs. Uh, also, North Korea getting the blame for that WannaCry cyber attack that paralyzed hospitals and businesses across the globe – and it's Tinder Tuesday. This is going to be an absolute blast. I don't know a whole lot about Tinder. I mean, I and we've said this before. I think we're both pretty thankful we haven't had to live in the world of online dating oh, the way man. people do now. Listen, it's fun to play on my single friend's Twitter because well, it's not real. Well, and that's another thing. <laughs> we found an article of why is it that married people love playing on their single friend's Tinder. I mean, you have zero investment. Right. You, you, you don't have to deal with the aftermath. Of whatever destruction you can wring well, on someone's uh, Tinder account. It's shopping for your friends. It's people shopping for your friends. That, it's you also it a little, you know, voyeuristic. You know, a married totally. person isn't really going to have a Tinder set up. So it's like, what if I had one? You know, I'd right. swipe, you know. These yeah, are all totally. The, these are all the moves I would and, make and right then, here. And then you find yourself going, oh, my God, I'm so glad I'm married. Yeah, like, look what's your out there. Right. I mean, when you get to be a certain age, Blake is young and the Tinder world is lovely. And full of possibility. You get to be in your late thirties well, we'll as a woman and it's bad. We'll see. That's it's not... a sad, sad state of I, affairs. I don't know about that. Because nobody's divorced yet. 
Oh, I they're see all going to get divorced. I, I see they're not saying. all of them, but some of the good ones so will get divorced. But you're not there yet. So there's a couple of zones, like right. mid twenties. Blake is neck deep in that right it's now. Perfect. Blake's perfect Tinder time, but not until maybe early forties do, do things start to open up again. I after would think you start so. To see some more divorces. I would think so. All right, we'll do that in the one o'clock hour because that's going to be a lot of fun. And we're also speaking of the tax thing. We're going to talk about some of the biggest tax changes coming, tax changes coming for California as well, because we're one of those areas, uh, California, Illinois, New York, et cetera, where we're going to see impacts larger than the majority of people in the United States when it comes to this new tax bill, if slash when it passes. So all that is coming up in DuPont, Washington, I-5 is still shut down. At least the southbound lanes. I was looking at some of the traffic cameras earlier today. They have massive cranes on the freeway helping right some of the train cars that were involved in that derailment yesterday. They took the one that was basically hanging from the overpass onto one of the cars, and they have moved it. They have at least taken it off. I don't know where they put those kinds of things, and I don't know how you clean up that mess. But. Number one priority is to get in there and talk to this engineer. Yeah, and NTSB held a news conference. We we saw we took the one from Washington yesterday, just before they jump on their plane, fly out to Seattle, drive their way to Dupont, and then they held a news conference about eleven eleven thirty last night and gave the basics. Like the death toll right now is at three; it could go higher because we still have some people in critical condition, uh, seventy plus people injured, just the basics. And yes, it was going fifty miles an hour faster into that turn than it was supposed to. The engineer. Was bleeding from the from his head after this wreck. Both eyes were swollen shut. Was that the man that we heard in the audio yesterday? I think so. I can play that for you. Let's listen to that again. Because, again, now we know that that train should have slowed to 30 miles per hour. It had not. You'd think that you wouldn't make that mistake your first time out. In fact, it may not have been this engineer's first time out. I don't know. But on Friday, there was one of those... Uh, Press trips, right? They do this. You've seen them do this. Uh, when when the dignitaries and the mayor, they break ground on something, they start a new line. Uh, the one I remember going on most recent was one of those bus lanes through the valley. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, when those were added. And and I was there with Mayor Villaraigosa, and he's wearing a, an orange vest, and it's all for pictures and video. They had that for this new faster route. They had that on Friday. And uh, 30 or so dignitaries were on that special trip. And people who were on that train on Friday said, oh, I remember coming around this curve and I remember the train slowing down substantially. Yeah, because it's an S curve. I mean, it's a curve. You're parallel to the freeway. You make a short left to go over the freeway and then another right to parallel the other side of the freeway. And it just based on the overhead shots, some former NTSB members have looked at the the pictures that we saw from helicopters later in the uh, in the morning and early afternoon yesterday, where it looks like you took that engine, the the locomotive, and just straight shot without with no regard to the turn at all, straight shot off of those tracks down the embankment through the trees and basically parallel with the roadway once it came to a stop. Anyone who's ever played with a train set or even the matchbox cars, little, you know, railways or whatever, knows exactly what happens when speed is a factor. And the result of that crash looked like if you were a little kid and you're playing on your set and you're vroom, 
And all of the stuff doesn't even have a chance to stay on the track. When we come back, we're going to talk more about what the people who live in that area, it's a pretty rural area, DuPont, along um, the military base there, Lakewood, what they said about this train before it started its run. I also want to hear the audio from the engineer oh. so we can opine about where he was in his head. We'll play that right when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. So when I say because the House has begun their final debate on the tax reform bill. And once they vote on that, we'll let you know how it turns out. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to be surprised. We're also keeping an eye on Gary because his wife has begun the holiday cookie-making extravaganza, and he just self-reported that he had six cookies last night. Is that right? cooked cookies, yes, six. How much batter? Go by tablespoon. Oh, two. Just two little ones, yeah. That was it. Mm-hmm. Um, the chocolate chip. I had one of those because uh-huh. I know how those go. I mean, those are pretty simple. It's the it's the white chocolate cranberry that. I, it's weird that it has become everyone's favorite. Yeah, you it, said it. it uh, my son my, said yeah, it. Became my favorite last year. How those many Latin, flavors are there? Oh, Monica. Oh, Monica, see. you haven't been. You'll see. Introduced to the world of Two, Shannon Number One's three, cookies. Four, five, six. I <laughs> oh, think there are six. Are, wow. And maybe a seventh wild card, which would be the peanut butter with the Hershey's kiss on it. Is but she building up to opening up some sort of bakery or? Oh, no. Oh, that would be. They will make you cry. Oh. <laughs> wow. I don't know about that. I mean, in a, in a good way. They're you so cry good. that you can't stop. But remember, them. when you bring some in, um, I am only allowed to have two because last year I had a bunch during the show and I started sweating. And it was very <laughs> oh clammy. God. It was not a good but scene. But a good clammy. Uh, All right, we're talking about what's going on with the uh, derailment of that Amtrak train up in Washington State. I do have a weird – why did the death toll go down? This has happened. This has happened a number of times on this show in the course of breaking news where a death toll will come out and then it's reduced. Which is great. I mean, it's it's fantastic news. I love to be wrong about that kind of stuff. But it makes me wonder what – who was counting and how did they screw it up? And what's the rush to get that number out? Why yeah. rush it? Yeah. Um, Why anyway. not just say, we don't know. We have at least three people that we know are deceased. We did get an email as well. The engineer is the one who's in, in control of the locomotive. The conductor is, according to the caller, uh, the flight attendant equivalent for what goes on on a train. Okay. This is labeled as the conductor's radio call. I believe just based on the information that he says, it's the engineer. So here's from what happened yesterday morning. Hey, guys, what happened? Uh, we were coming around the corner to take the bridge over I-5 there, uh, right north of Nisqually, and we went on the ground. Okay, are you, um, is everybody okay? I'm still figuring that out. We got cars everywhere and down onto the highway. Okay, copy that. Uh... And then, I mean, for the nature of the accident i don't know if that guy fully understood what was going on is that a guy who was the engineer driving that train who was doing 80 in a 30 is that the guy who did not see the signs posted saying that this is a reduced speed area and you i don't know what i'm reading from his voice i mean i would like to know officially 100 percent if that was the engineer and not a conductor and it because it sounds kind of like he's not fully 
sure of uh, he wasn't of, looking out the front windows yeah, of the train. Yeah, uh, and I and I wonder even if the engineer was there, what the engineer would know. There are stretches along here, especially once you go through Lakewood, you go past the military base. You got to slow down because there's an S curve. Like he would know that before the trip starts. He's right. not relying on the signs. Right. It's not like he's driving out on I-15 and he's never been out there before to figure right. out how fast he can go to get to Vegas. He knows based on the the conditions and based on the the way the track is laid out, especially since this is going to be a first run. Absolutely, you'd be more attentive to detail. Yeah. So it's weird that this goes on. So that doesn't mean that he it couldn't have slipped his mind. It very well could have, and this could just be human human error. But uh, it's a it's a strange story. And again, I five is still closed through through that area. At least the southbound lanes are closed because that's where the train ended up. And giant giant cranes were there to uh, to lift some of these train cars up off of where they were and put them back on the tracks it's, to get them out of there. It's important to know also that positive train control. That is technology that can automatically slow or stop a speeding train. Positive train control was not in use on this stretch of track. Now, regulators have been asking for years, asking railroads for years to install technology like this, especially around a bend like this. But the industry is pushed back. It's too much money. It's too much money. We're going to have to raise rates. Too much money. So they keep pushing back the deadline, pushing it back. Okay, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Deadline's not the end of 2018. When you're pushing those things back, you don't want to spend the money. You're going to have to think about the lives you're going to lose. And these engine, these locomotives that are powering these trains, this new line that's supposed to cut time between Seattle and Tacoma, or sorry, Seattle and Portland, is uh, they are brand new. They just came into service last month. So these are the highest end technology when it comes to locomotives. I wanted to spend some time on a couple of the people uh, who responded to this crash and and their stories of what they saw and what they were able to do when they jumped into action. We'll, we'll do, do that, that when we come back. No, why not? Because there's no, there's no cookies to distract us yet. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Looks like the tax reform bill is on the House floor. House set to vote on that. Senate will vote tonight. They're expecting a vote in the House at any moment. I think the last few people are uh, up there getting their debate points in before the final vote. Nancy Pelosi was just speaking a few minutes ago. and I think we'll see Paul Ryan speak, and then, of course, they will uh, make that the final guy before they do their vote. Well, we're talking about this derailment up in Washington State, the Amtrak train that jumped the tracks yesterday morning, apparently going 80 in an area where it should have been going 30 miles an hour to make a little S turn over the freeway over I-5. And it had ended up, several of the cars ended up on I-5. Three people were killed, 70 plus people injured. Just about everybody on that train was injured, including a few people who were driving their cars on I-5 when the train came down. I love the stories of the people who jump into action when tragedy and disaster strikes. These are the stories that get you through the days like yesterday and today. Uh, Oregon Health and Science University neurosurgeon Dr. Nathan Selden was on his way to Seattle with his son who's in college 
when they came upon this wreck near DuPont. This was the first mass casualty event that the doctor had seen. And he was amazed to see that one infant involved in the wreck seemed miraculously unharmed. Carnage all around the baby. The baby is just sitting pretty. He was ushered to a medical triage tent. I'm assuming he shows up. He says, I'm a doctor. How can I help? They say, this way. Sent to this triage tent to help tend to survivors, his son started running supplies from the fire trucks to the medical tents. Again, just a kid in college who suddenly bursts into action. And that's a life-changing moment. Oh, yeah. I mean, you'll never forget the time that you rolled upon a massive train derailment in front of you in the middle of, you know, rural Washington state. He says the most severely injured people had already been taken to hospitals by the time he and his son arrived. And the victims he assessed had sprains, open wounds, skull and pelvis fractures and other injuries. That goes to show you how bad the people who were already taken, how bad a condition they were in. If there Um, were skull and pelvis fractures. And that doctor points to something that I don't think we think about very often. Obviously, the fire agencies, paramedics, uh, police, sheriff's departments, everybody, the Washington State Patrol, even the the military responders who were there. I think there were a few dozen uh, members from Joint Base Lewis-McChord who showed up in their ambulances or fire trucks. And they all, we all assume they all know how to work together. I mean, they have a common language. They know exactly how they're going to set things up, especially if they're in neighboring communities. They do these drills all the time. But the fact that they then have a couple dozen, if not a couple hundred people, civilians who just roll into this thing, who they can then use, that that they're trained to say, I need a group of people who will run supplies from the fire trucks to these medical tents, or I need a group of people who will... Uh, help me pull this car out of the way or something like that, that they can do that. Well, and that's that's the thing. He said it was a chaotic scene, but a scene of complete purpose. Yeah. Everybody knew what the goal was, he said. Uh, Daniel Konzelman is another guy. He was driving nearby with a friend when he saw this, and they pull over and they run into the wreckage, and they run along the tracks and over the bridge to reach the scene. So they were on the northbound lanes, and they get on the track uh, so that they could get closer to the actual derailment. And he said some of the cars had their roofs roofs ripped off and were turned upside down. Others were turned sideways. And Daniel and his buddy jump onto the train cars and into the train cars to see if they can figure out what's going on. And he said that it was grisly. There's some people who are pinned under the train because, remember, one of those train cars was upside down on the freeway. Others appeared to be dead. And if he said he said if he could see people moving and that they seem stable – He would help them climb out of the train, and if they looked seriously hurt, he knew not to move them and would just simply offer them comfort, trying to calm them down, talk to them, and he stayed on that scene for nearly two hours. And by the way, two hours on a scene like that is exhausting because this guy's adrenaline spikes right away and stays at that high level for two-plus hours. He's not a trained professional. He's not a guy who knows how to deal with his – his adrenaline spikes like that, probably. So. I think that with first responders, and I could be totally wrong, but for at least some of them, you're never used to that adrenaline spike. I mean, I remember being, and I've told you the story before, in a ride along with a CHP officer, and we're just doing a DUI sweep. It's one of those ride alongs where they do DUI checkpoints. I believe it was during the holidays. This was 15 years ago. 
And all of a sudden, there was a, a chase. He got called out on it. And this guy, who's Mr. Even Keeled, Gary Hoffman, goes from zero to 120. And he's <sighs> panting. He's shaking. You can almost, like, see his heart beating out of his chest as he's giving chase to the, to this this vehicle. And he had been an officer for a couple decades you know, so I don't know if, if people, even first responders, ever get totally, at least some of them, ever get totally used to that adrenaline spike and and how long that lasts and, and what the what the come down of that is. I mean, yeah. are you just drained and wiped out for hours? I don't know. I guess it's just person to person. Now, uh, again, if you didn't if you missed it in the beginning of the show, this was a train that was going 80 and a 30, 80 miles per hour in a 30 mile per hour zone. There were posted warnings. In the the train trip that all the dignitaries took to applaud this new high speed uh, Seattle to Portland route on Friday, people who were on that train said it did slow considerably. Uh, so unclear why the engineer did not slow down. Um, it doesn't sound like he tried to slow down and it failed. If that is indeed the audio from the engineer, the person who was in in control of the uh, the train, there was no positive train control. At that stretch of track that could slow or stop a train. But the NTSB says it's too soon to say whether any positive train control would have prevented the tragedy. If it was just going too fast for that to even have slowed the train down enough and in time. Yeah, it's possible. And, and we talked a little bit yesterday about some of the people who live and work in that area saying that these trains were going too fast. That they didn't want this this uh, this line to be run at 80 mile an hour trains through there simply to cut 10 minutes off of the travel time between Seattle and Portland. And when you had the the mayor of Lakewood, say, for example, two weeks ago, saying that you call me when this is going to happen because there will be an accident. It didn't work exactly the way he was describing. He was describing uh, the train blowing through railroad crossings at 80 miles an hour and hitting a car or a pedestrian. But it is a product of speed, it appears. And this this train may not have smashed into a truck at an at-grade crossing, but it did fall onto an interstate full of passenger cars and trucks. So uh, the fears of these community members that a lot of people complained about and talked about in recent meetings fell on deaf ears at the, at the state level, at the federal government level, until they have to sit there with their arms crossed and say, see, I told you so. So we'll see where this goes. And again, if there is an NTSB News conference sometime today. We'll try to bring that to you as well because they have a lot of information that they've been able to gather in the last, say, 10 hours that they've been on scene. Coming up next, Sarah Palin's family back in the news. Uh, some sad details about her son's arrest. We'll get into it when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. In the 1 o'clock hour today, we're going to do a little deep dive into uh, Blake's Tinder profile. Mm. And also, if you have some uh, Tinder horror stories, we know they're out there. I mean, insert name of any app of any kind and horror stories, and you've got one, I'm sure. Whether it's Uber, Lyft, uh, Tinder, 
Match.com, whatever it is, and we'll take those in the 1 o'clock hour. Um, some of the big stories that we're keeping an eye on, the House is just a few minutes away, it looks like, from voting on their version of the tax bill. Speaker Paul Ryan is the one at the podium right now. Um, also, the Amtrak crash that killed three people. The NTSB has been on scenes for, uh, scene for about 12 hours, and we expect that they will have some sort of a news conference later today. We don't know exactly what time, but if it's live and during the show, we'll take it. And then the Thomas Fire. At the top of the hour, we're going to get an update. Thomas Fire is now at 271,000 acres and change, approaching the largest recorded fire in California history. But it is 50% contained, so that's great news. Sarah Palin's oldest son, Track. Track Palin, 28 years old. We got new details about his arrest on Saturday. Uh, At one point, he reportedly pleaded with his father to shoot him. Uh, court documents, police documents say that his father, Todd Palin, was brandishing a gun but refused to shoot. Uh, Track Palin has been charged with first-degree burglary, fourth-degree assault, and criminal mischief. He remains in custody. And the court filing describes just a chaotic scene at the family's home in Wasilla. This, to be honest, this story makes me sad more than anything. Me too. It does. Absolutely. Track Palin is a, is a veteran. He has served in the military. And his mom said during the campaign, a couple, year and a half, two years ago, whatever it was, that he was an example of a guy who comes home with PTSD and and doesn't get the right treatment for it or can't get the right treatment. I mean, she... And and it sounds like that's exactly the way this is playing out. He allegedly confronted his father over a truck he wanted to pick up. And Todd Palin had told him not to come to the home because Track had been drinking and taking pain medication. Track told him he was going to come anyway to beat his ass, according to court papers. So Todd Palin confronts his son at the door with a gun. That's when Track breaks a window, enters the house, and starts beating up Dad. They say he pushed his father to the ground, hit him repeatedly on the head. Sarah Palin had to call police at 8.30, said her son was freaking out and was on some type of medication. Police arrive. They see Todd and Sarah Palin taking off from the house in separate vehicles. Todd Palin had blood running down his face. Sarah Palin looked visibly upset. Well, it's cl- I mean, and this is not the first time. This is not out of the blue. Back in 2014, they got into a huge fight at Todd's birthday. No one was charged, but... In that incident, Track Palin comes out shirtless and bleeding and heavily intoxicated and acting belligerent when the cops show up. And then January of last year, Track Palin's arrested on suspicion of punching his girlfriend at the home in uh, in Wasilla. I mean, this is this is a guy who's who's obviously battling some demons, and it clearly brings up issues about whether or not we have the ability to reintegrate these guys back into society when they see things that they're not meant to see. Uh, It's it's a frustrating thing to read and then know that the only reason we're seeing this is because of the last name. You know, it's Sarah Palin. She's she's this weird character, this this creature that came out of Alaska and nowhere to become John McCain's running mate and then became this weird celebrity well one of the reasons she became a celebrity is because she was likable and relatable you could relate to her you could relate to the mother that she is and you could relate to her toughness and her 
her fierceness. I mean, she wasn't the smartest woman in the world. She's not the smartest woman in the world. What? That was un- that you know, she's not the best. She's not well read, but she was likable. You know what I mean? And this story just proves how relatable she is because I bet people listening know of somebody in their family or they know a family that struggles with this too. Somebody, veteran or not, who's addicted to pain pills or alcohol or whatever it is, and you can't do anything. You you cannot take control of their lives for them. They have to make the changes. Yeah, and there's and the thing is, once they make that decision or once they get in a position where they can make the changes, there's got to be resources available to them. That Then you get into a whole discussion about what sort of things are available through the VA, what sort of things are available in those community centers. And in a place like Wasilla, which, by the way, is a pretty small town. Um, I mean, it may be big by Alaska standards, but it's a small town. The what sort of conditions are there? What sort of resources are there for him to take advantage of, if any? Uh, so it's just a frustrating thing. It leaves me, like I said, it makes me more sad than anything to go yeah. through that story. And the fact that because it's Sarah Palin, all the details are, are in the news. Yeah. But you know what? Stories like that help people know that they're not alone, that it can happen to any family. I guess. And when we come back, an update on the uh, on the big fire burning in now Santa Barbara County, the Thomas Fire. We could see the largest fire in the history of the state of California. We'll talk about that when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. You heard Monica say any moment the House is going to vote on that Republican tax reform bill. Senate expected to vote tonight. Also following the train derailment south of Seattle that happened yesterday. The latest news is it was doing 80 miles per hour in a 30 mile per hour zone. Speed definitely a factor. Death toll at three. But about 10 people remain in serious condition. Uh, Kim tweeted us, actually, and said, "Why you are not asking the right questions. Why is there a slow speed curve on a high-speed line? Well, that's an excellent uh, question. That's an excellent question. That's and why there's the way, a sign that says that you need to reduce speed to 30 miles an hour. And that, I mean, if you think, if you think, this, this train was going 80 miles an hour. Yeah. The plan for our train, our magical unicorn fairyland train that goes from L.A. to San Francisco adjacent, we're supposed to be going 200-plus miles an hour, right? And, yes, we're not going to put an S-turn in the middle of that necessarily, but there will be banks and turns. And if, ah, Might as well spend $68 billion on it. You know, I don't think we even need to spend any time ever again on the uh, unicorn train because it's just it's never going to happen. It's just never going to happen. Well, yes. I mean, it might, it might, you know, 30 years down the line, but... This project has just stalled. What happens first? Another execution in the state of California or the high-speed rail line is complete? Or no, about, not, even gonna... not, not even complete. How about a, a test run on our high-speed rail line? Those are two things that are never going to happen. Ever? No. But we might as well keep pouring billions and billions of dollars into them. You get mad when you eat carbs. I do. <laughs> how I made, is, how I made is... a sandwich out of 
Dean's bread. How is Dean's bread? Fantastic. I know it's good, huh? Sourdough starter with some rye. I like his eggs. Dean brought us a bounty of eggs, bread, and honey. It was like we were living on the plains. You need to. You need I to put toast, some of that. You need to toast that bread and put a fried egg on top of that. Mm-hmm. I just had a toasted slice of bread with some honey on it yesterday, and yeah. that was very good. Oh. Blake, do you eat any of the bread? I didn't get into it. I was in a rush yesterday. Oh, mm-hmm. you're missing out. Sorry. So Got to get into that today. Maybe so, you can share it with the date we find you in the one o'clock hour for uh, Tinder Tuesday. Put that on the profile. Has partially eaten homemade rye bread. <laughs> Is it Tinder Tuesday now or Twitter Tuesday? It's Tinder Tuesday. Oh, yeah, because we need to get into Blake's uh, Tinder profile and just we're just going to do some minor adjustments. I think. Monica, do you do the Tinder? I don't oh, even man. know. If- you know, I shouldn't have spoken up because now this turned around on me. Uh, I just I, that's a yes. Don't worry, we won't. If if so, we will not touch your profile. Uh, I mostly. Oh no, I don't need. I don't need it to be retouched. Um, I actually, <laughs> I actually have a Bumble profile. I do more Bumble than than okay. Tinder. So what was that Bumble Thursday? I'm, we're gonna have to go through like a series of these different dating apps and what is what. Oh, I can tell what, you about every single one of them. Oh, really? I, yes, oh, absolutely. Excellent. Oh, I can't Perfect. wait. Perfect. Yeah, and which because save. I've lived, I've done it in Florida, I've done it in New York, I've done it in California, so oh. I can tell you which ones work better wow. in each city. Can you too. get us a uh, a horror story ready? For uh, yeah, the 1 o'clock hour? Oh, God, I have so many. Yes. Oh, excellent. Oh, I can't wait Man, for just, 1 o'clock. You know what Blake is doing right now? He's wiping his forehead thinking, Whew. <laughs> at least I'm not the only That's one in the spotlight. That's terrible. <laughs> All right. L- let's talk about the uh, the Thomas Fire. The latest numbers from Cal Fire put the Thomas Fire at 271,750 acres, which is just shy of the number one largest fire in recorded history in California. Now, yeah. Somebody tweeted us the other day, how come you don't know how long California's been around and how big the fires are? It was, I think, 1932 that they really started keeping track of the acreage. Uh, there was a Santiago fire, I believe, where the number is closer to 315,000 acres. But that was back in 1889. And all we can do is base that, that on. No, you don't. All we can do is base that on newspaper reports. So it's it's an inexact science before 1932. That's why we're saying that the Thomas Fire now appears to be uh, gaining on that uh, the title, I guess, of being the largest fire in California. They were able to do a controlled burn today uh, because of the calm conditions. The winds have died down and making that controlled burn happen swipes away a bunch of fuel for that fire. So Um, it's always it's always uh, hard to watch a controlled burn. But in this case, not so much. And they're also talking about using something called a hella torch. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. So this is uh, this is basically a I don't know a weapon of war. I mean, they're talking about dropping basically napalm from helicopters to light some of these backfires. Uh, just because the conditions are in such they're they're so good now compared to what they have been for the last several days and weeks. They're so good now that they oh, may be able to wow. do that. Wow, I'm watching video. Isn't that of that. crazy? That is insane. Hella torch is what that it's looks like a war zone. I had never seen that before. You can just circle uh, a whole piece of land with fire yeah. by dropping it from the sky. <laughs> it's just amazing. Insane. Uh, there are a bunch of people who probably within the next couple of days will be allowed back into their homes. Those evacuation areas in Montecito and Summerlin and Santa Barbara, parts of Santa Barbara. Um, the, the most interesting thing to me about this is that you've seen the maps, hopefully of the burn scar, the way it is now, 
that Ojai, for the most part, is in the center of a donut of fire. I mean, a ring of fire. <laughs> and it's untouched, which is, number one, a testament to uh, the, the fire crews that were able to beat back that fire before it went through there. Uh, but also just the terrain and the strange nature of what has be hint, what what has become the fire behavior of this fire specifically, and I told you off the air, I can still see l- a- open active flame from my house, just letting it burn, and that's twenty miles away. Yeah, and it's just a crazy thing to be able to. It's just a crazy thing. Well, Republicans in Congress are settling their tax cut bill as a Christmas gift that'll give Americans an average tax cut of about two grand for Californians. Uh, the situation isn't as clear. Uh, we will get into what this means for us and you when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. <laughs> Some thick slices. Yeah. You know, you don't need to eat all of Dean's bread in one fell swoop. I mean, you've been chewing for 40 minutes. Well, you keep chewing. I'll uh, carry on. My jaw's going to be tired. House is set to vote any moment. Looks like they're voting on it right now. Looks like they just voted on it. If I'm not mistaken. You just banged a big gavel, that's for sure. I saw that gavel come down. Now people are milling about in their dark suits. I guess before it was um, the one procedural thing, and then mm. they have to go through this again. It's always weird and confusing, the different steps that they have to go through before they actually Yeah, there's several g- gavel uh, slammings going on. It must be important, whatever's going on. But California is one of those places that's uh, going to take it in the shorts when it comes to the uh, the tax plan. It's not all of us, but a lot of us. I mean, I think the biggest thing is the state local tax deduction is going away. About a third of us take the average state and local tax deduction of about $22,000. This bill would cap the deduction to $10,000. This would amount to a tax hike. However, supporters argue that because they're doubling the standard deduction and putting in new tax brackets, that will offset the loss that we feel in that category. The whole this bill is such a shell game from the beginning. It it's crazy. It is. Uh, the whole bill, of course, is written to encourage people to take the standard deduction rather than itemizing everything. Okay. This and because then it also it it increases that standard deduction. Right. Right. It, it increases it to twenty four thousand for couples. Yeah, which is I think almost double what it currently would be. Exactly. Twenty four thousand for couples, twelve thousand for individuals. But if you itemize and you don't take that. How, I mean, I'm assuming CPAs will do the math on this. Well, they always have. They always have. Well, I mean, yes. But I mean, case by oh, case. You mean which would be more you know, beneficial? I'll sit to you. down with my tax guy, our tax guy. We share the same tax guy. Yep. And he'll say, "Well, uh, all right, let's see, let's work it this way." And he'll get onto his little program. He'll say, "If you take the standard deduction, this is how much you'll end up owing or getting." And if, if you we itemize, itemize, let's let's. 
throw the numbers in that way, right. and he can just click, 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 and it'll show him. Yeah, and then you pick whichever way you want to go. The best way to do it. Um, there are still going to be seven tax brackets, although they are they have been tweaking how much you have to make to fall into each one. But for California, as an example, the median income here is sixty three, almost sixty four thousand dollars. So that means that you move from the fifteen percent bracket down to the twelve percent bracket, at least while these numbers are still effective, which runs, I think, through ten years, so twenty twenty six. So that actually would see you move down into a 12%. That's a 3% difference in the tax brackets. Uh, A single person making $50,000 in taxable income right now is in the 25% tax bracket. I cannot wrap my head around that. In California, making 50 grand and you're taxed 25%. And that's just the federal taxes. We're not counting the state and local taxes that you got to pay. That's just the federal taxes. Do they know how much it costs to live in California? Doesn't matter. They don't care. They don't care. Uh, individual taxable incomes will vary widely based on a number of factors. So uh, you can figure out there's a bunch of different calculators that are now available based on the numbers, the way that they appear in the House and Senate versions. And again, there, there's still some wiggle room. They need to solidify this uh, before it's official. But they are talking about um, the, the different numbers. The 25 percent that you're talking about. The 25% that you currently pay, if you make $50,000 taxable income, 25% to the federal government, you'll go down to 22% in the tax bracket, which still doesn't seem like a, a huge drop, but it is a drop. It is a tax cut. And that's on top of, remember, if they're capping your state and local deductions at uh, writing it off at $10,000, that's on top of the 8,000, sorry, 8% on the taxable income you're paying to the state of California. It is going to hit people who have money in California and are in the real estate game or just looking to buy a home. I mean, this is going to change how much mortgage interest you can deduct. Uh, They're saying this is probably the part of the bill that's going to have the biggest effect on Californians because there are so many homes that cost more than 750 grand. Uh, this final bill will allow the uh, dedu- uh, the deduction on new loans up to that number of 750 grand. Used to be a $1 million cap. Think about how many homes in Southern California alone fall in between those two. Probably a lot in Los Angeles. You know, it's funny is they talk about the areas and the members of Congress whose districts have a lot of these bigger mortgage homes. Ted Lieu, for example, 33rd District. More than half of the mortgages in his district, the new mortgages this year, were over uh, $750,000, 51.4%. About half of the new mortgages were more than $750,000. That's incredible. Uh, Daryl Issa, for example, who I believe had said he was going to vote no on this. So far in the voting, we have, uh, looks like, 12 Republicans who voted no for this. Um, Daryl Issa said that he was going to be one of them. Less than 20% of the mortgages in his district are over $750,000. So he's one of those rare guys who uh, this does not impact greatly, as opposed to a guy, named, a guy like Ted Lou. But the idea that you would then take away this issue, I mean, you're going to take away, change the million-dollar cap that allows you to deduct mortgage interest from your taxes. It's it's one of those where you kind of shake, you shake your head and you think this seems like a clear penalty on a state like California where there are so many of those mortgages over that. They don't care. They don't care what they you think. They don't need us in California. 
They never have. Nope. Well, at least they haven't for the last two or three decades. Nope. All right, guys, we've got work to do. We've got to build that bridge. Hashtag build that bridge. I don't think that's a hashtag. It's, it is. I've used it before. Got to build the wildlife bridge. I don't know why you get that look on your face every time I talk about building the bridge. What about hashtag save a cougar? It's on the back of that lady's sweatshirt right there. Well, I, I'm, that's not the hashtag I'm doing right now. Just saying, if you could, you could build off the momentum that she's already made for you. Might get some different responses on that one. Mm-hmm. Save a cougar? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Do we really want to do that on Tinder Tuesday? <laughs> we'll talk about the bridge that we're going to build. I, I, I smell a live show coming up. Oh, boy. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. The Republican tax bill headed to the Senate after final passage by the House. Senate leaders hope to pass it tonight. The president could sign the measure as early as manana. Biggest reform of the tax system in three decades. Democrats calling it a scam that will primarily benefit the wealthy. Mom tweeted, uh, that's what it says on... Mom? Your mom? Not my mom. Mom tweeted, uh, you must focus on the incredible tax advantages for corporations and special interest in deficit. That's where the inequities truly lie. Well, it's absolutely beneficial to corporations and and especially the uber-rich when that estate tax... Uh, amendment kicks in. The death tax, estate yep. tax. Uh, all right. But let's talk about something we can control. Yeah. Animals. I have long... They are our slaves. Stop it. I'm serious right now. Oh. We have long told you about the mountain lions. The isolated populations of mountain lions remaining in the Santa Monica Mountains south of the 101 as well as in the Simi Hills and the Santa Susana Mountains to the north. Where one mountain lion says to the other mountain lion. No, 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 no. Hey, girl. You're not my cousin, are you? Okay, that's exactly what the problem is. These mountain lions are turning to incest because they have no access to outside mountain lions. There was one mountain lion that was like the father and the grandfather and the great-grandfather and the great-great-grandfather, and it's terrible what's going on. So what we need to do is build a bridge near Liberty Canyon Road. This would provide safe crossing for the wildlife. We could diversify the gene pool. We wouldn't have mountain lions, you know, born with lazy eyes. Okay. I don't think we've ever seen that. Well, I'm just saying I'm sure there are a lot of health problems these mountain lions have when When it's all When the gene pool is the depth of a doughboy. So this is what we need to do. We need to raise $60 million. That's not that much in the grand scheme of things. And so far, we've already raised, we, uh, the effort (laughs) has already raised $3.6 million. Okay. So $3.6 million. We need 56.4 more million. Let's do it. Now. The bridge does cross the 101, so Caltrans is going to have its fingers on this. They'll have to oversee design and construction, but they're not providing any of the funding. Uh, Roughly 80% of the funds expected to come from private donations. This is where we should be putting our money, saving the mountain lions, giving the mountain lions better dating options so that they can flourish and survive 
You want $60 million for a bridge. Yes, to save a species. Well, the entire species doesn't live in the Santa Monica Mountains. You want $60 million for a bridge. I want $60 million for an earthquake early warning system. Oh, I'd like that too. But you know what we could do? If we get rid of the unicorn train money that's already been dished that, out, yes, we could both we, have our nice things. How about this? How about this? We get to allocate the money from the unicorn train, the the money that would be spent that now we don't need to because we know that that train is a giant fairy tale. So that we get to allocate that money. I first want an okay. Maybe I first want to go to fantasy camp, but then after that, I am going to spend money on an earthquake early warning system. Studies show that inbreeding is a serious problem among these big cats. They have extremely low genetic diversity. Insert deep. You know, I'm not even going to say it because we always have one listener that lives in rural Alabama. And he's like, I'm listening to you right now. And this is a lovely trailer park. And you shut your mouths. My daddy uncle says that. Yeah. Diversity the poo-poo. Right. Okay, insert deliverance joke here. Okay. Uh, Roadkill is also taking a toll. What? Since National oh. Park Service biologists began researching mountain lions in the Santa Monica Mountains, drivers have struck and killed 17 of these beautiful beasts. Now, remember the story of P-12. Remember P-12? I do. He was the one without the lazy eye. P-12 was the first mountain lion believed to have crossed the 101 from the north into the Santa Monica Mountains. They should give him a he statue He was hungry for dates like Blake, but no Tinder to be had. <laughs> so he had to brave the one. Who's calling you right now? My son. Well, you want to get it? No. Well, he knows you're in the middle of a show, so it's probably important. Why don't you get it? I'll talk about the cats. Biologists say that P-12 brought with him a genetic rescue because of all the breeding that occurred after he arrived. Because remember, he was strange tail. He's like the new guy coming into the colony of incestual mountain lions. This is what we need to do. Now, some people are saying this is the wrong time to look for donations for a wildlife bridge because you could direct this to charities helping victims of hurricanes and flooding in Florida, Texas, and Puerto Rico. Absolutely. But $60 million in the grand scheme of things? I mean, if Washington's going to forget about California and leave us to our pet projects, is everything okay? Everything's fine. Okay. A little car issue. Oh. Is the car okay? Yeah. He's not like on the side of the road somewhere. No. He was Does he have AAA? Spark plug wires. No. The spark plug wire question in the middle of the show? I don't know. Anyway, uh, I think that in California, with all the money and all of the uh, animal enthusiasts, Mark Thompson, we could raise $60 million like that. I say you just need like a dozen aspiring Eagle Scouts. To nope. build, yes, There's thank that too. you. They There's fashion that a too. bridge uh, pretty quick, I can tell you yeah, that. Well, it's just because Caltrans is involved. They have to be involved because it crosses the 101. Uh, we can't just get in there and MacGyver this thing. Why can't we just let them know what we're doing? Well, maybe there could be a, a public-private partnership when it comes to construction. And maybe some and laws. much more uh, private than public. Well, yeah, and maybe – I'm just thinking there's probably legislation that says that Caltrans has to do the construction and the, the planning because they would be held liable if something was to happen. Here's what I think you might want to key into is the money that was raised includes that 175000 from an 80-year-old couple in 
Kansas, mm-hmm. they might be the benefactors. They might be the celebrity faces that you want to put on onto this. Because if they're in Kansas and they're dropping 175 grand on this thing, it's important to them. That's the kind of that's the kind of heart that you need behind this. Not that you don't have heart. That's not what I'm saying. But you're going to need some partners in all of this. Well, I think we should do a show from out there to raise money. I think that this is what we have. This is in my our... impression of a mountain lion with a lazy eye. I know you do an amazing lazy eye. You Thank still got you. it. You still got still it. Still got it. Stop it. I'm afraid they won't go back to normal, and I can't do four hours a day with that. Okay. Coming up next, porch pirates. I was at the post office the other day. My husband had noticed that the uh, the, the, the post box on the street there, mm. the blue post box, mailbox? Mailbox. <laughs> uh, it's sealed. <laughs> and I was overhearing a lady at the post office yesterday or last week saying, uh, what's the deal? Have we been getting hit? And the the lady at the post office says, yes, people have been stealing stuff from mailboxes. Wow. From postal office service mailboxes. Nice. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, the White, uh, sorry, the White House, the House has passed the Republican tax overhaul. Uh, let's go live there in Capitol Hill. Kevin Oh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is talking. They they do have some uh, some members of Congress that are going to go to the microphone. So we'll try to get some of that reaction for you when we come back. Gary, Gary and Shannon. Shannon. That's us. Mm-hmm. I just want to be part of your Michael wrote to us on Facebook at Gary and Shannon. Wouldn't it be viable slash cheaper just to transplant in and out a few mountain lions from and to other areas? At least to take care of the problem short term. That is an absolutely true statement right there. A tranquilizer gun, mm-hmm. a couple trank darts, yep. and a helicopter. Yep. Done. That seems like a viable option. And I'll take half. Half. There's only $30 million for that plan right there. Tell you what. You didn't um, come up with it. Michael did. Oh. Yeah, but Maybe I should be nicer to you. Attila writes to us, I can't believe how rude you are, Shannon, with, with your coworker Gary. Yes. You act like a big boss. Yes. You better change your attitude. Big B. <laughs> boss. I mean, why? no one, you no one, of all the people who saw me eating the sandwich, no one else commented on me eating the sandwich. I was worried about your well-being. Oh, sure. That's how you, whatever. This was Paul Ryan a second ago. The House passed the tax overhaul. I want to start off by thanking the American people, our constituents, for sending us here to do this work for them. Oh, my. Sorry, I didn't mean to start with that part because that's lame. To help the American worker, to help grow the American economy. This is profound change, and this is change that is going to put our country on the right path. For all those millions of men and women in America who are living paycheck to paycheck, who are struggling to get ahead... Help is on the way. Okay. Okay. Uh, the Senate, it looks like, will vote later tonight. There was a couple of shots of Mike Pence already walking through the halls of the Senate. He has put off his trip to the Middle East uh, to see if in case he might be the tiebreaker, uh, if it's necessary there in the Senate. So that could happen tonight or early tomorrow. Got an update on the train derailment. And? They're looking at... The possibility that this Amtrak engineer was distracted by the presence of an employee in training. 
in the locomotive. Now, this official, this federal official, spoke to the AP on an anonymous basis and is saying that investigators want to know whether the engineer lost situational awareness because of a second person in the cab. Again, that train was going 80 and a 30 when it ran off the rails along a curve south of uh, south of Seattle. Mm. That's something. That just somebody in the cab with him, in the locomotive with him. And it's an employee in training, so you would think that you would be just going through the motions of what you do on this route and explaining it to the person. And you as a trainee would be the one who says, uh, don't let me distract you. I'm just going to watch. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, we have been talking about porch pirates before. We've heard stories about people stealing packages from porches for years now. I think the most interesting aspect of this porch pirate story is that we are now watching people do it with our video doorbells. If you don't have one, get one, by the way. It's fantastic entertainment, if nothing else. Uh, but you you can see them doing this. You can see them taking it. A bunch of places like UPS have created uh, access point networks, smaller businesses that will pay to be that receiving point for UPS packages. And then you go wherever that is, a liquor store, post office box, grocery store, whatever small business wants to set aside a corner of their real estate for packages to pile up, and you go get them. That way it's safer. Someone's constantly there. They don't release it until you show identification that, in fact, that's you that is uh, in supposed to get that box, et cetera. So there's also a FedEx has a delivery manager app that you can instruct your driver to knock or ring the doorbell when a package is delivered and provide text alerts for tracking packages, et cetera. The nice thing, the or nice thing, uh, one aspect of delivering during the holidays is those guys are booking. I mean, from 7 in the morning until 9 o'clock at night, depending on whichever service they're working for, they park their truck on your street and they got three deliveries and they're three consecutive houses. They will they will sprint from door to door, drop that package. Maybe they do a quick knock or a doorbell ring and they're out of there, out of there. All right. Coming up next, everything everyone is talking about everywhere. Also, coming up in the one o'clock hour, it is Tinder Tuesday. We are going to take control of Blake's profile, make the needed changes slash additions and Shop around a little bit. We'll also be taking your calls for Tinder disasters. And Monica Ricks is going to share her expertise on which apps work in which places. I don't know if I like uh, that word, too, expertise. No. Well, you said you used it in Florida, New I, York, and California. So to me, that's like, that's good research. Well, we could do a rundown of all the apps, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I love it. So that's coming up in the one o'clock hour. All on the Gary and Shannon Show. Gary and Shannon. Bottom of this hour, we are going to jump deep into our swamp. We'll do Swamp Watch and talk about what's going on in the Capitol, in the nation's capital. Today, the House passed the tax overhaul just a short time ago, so the Senate is going to vote relatively soon. So we'll talk about that. Serena Marshall's going to join us. There's a bunch of other stuff going on as well. What is it? 
Time for what's happening. Well, Republicans were happy to usher in the most sweeping rewrite of the nation's tax laws in more than, what, 30 years through the House. The Senate is, as you mentioned, set to vote next. Paul Ryan dismissed criticism of this package, insisting results are what's going to make this popular. Bless you. God bless you. Thank you. I blame the bread. Thank you. Bless you. You blame the what? I blame the bread. Oh, Oh, Dean's bread. Allergic to rye bread. (laughs) Here's Paul Ryan. And this promise being kept today is one of the most important things we could do to get the U.S. economy growing faster, to help people get bigger paychecks, to have a fairer tax system, and to simplify the system so people can have more peace of mind. More peace of mind. Uh, I feel like I should apologize to every CPA out there. Because their uh, their year is going to get pretty busy, um, but the way this works is the, your current your 2017 tax bills will be based on the current rules. It won't be until next tax season uh, in would be the beginning of 2019 that these new rules come into effect. For those of you wondering, Wall Street is not soaring right now. In fact, the Dow is down about 80 points. So. Uh, just in terms of the Wall Street reaction to this. We'll talk more with Serena Marshall about this at the bottom of the hour. Amtrak is in the news because of the train up there south of Seattle that careened off the overpass, spilling three cars onto the highway below, killing at least three people. This train traveling at 80 miles per hour in a 30-mile-per-hour zone. As I mentioned, the latest speculation is that this conductor, excuse me, this engineer may have been distracted by the presence of an employee in training in a locomotive. This, according to a federal official, that is connected to the investigation. And he says, or she says, investigators want to know whether the engineer lost situational awareness because of the second person in the cab. Interesting. Now, the positive train control issue as well uh, is is in question. The technology uses electronics to monitor trains and then use the computer to control them to prevent collisions if for some reason the engineer isn't uh, available. A lot of people have this in their cars now. I mean, it's similar to the, you know, forward motion warning detection. If there's a car that breaks in front of you and you don't see it, or maybe a car to your left or right that you don't see when you're making a lane change, it's not up and running in many trains in the Amtrak fleet. Although, for example, Metrolink here in L.A., All of their trains use positive train control. Regulators have been pushing for this for years with the industry pushing back because it is expensive. Uh, Investigators say it's unclear whether positive train uh, train control could have prevented this uh, if if it would slow the train down enough and in time. Have you seen the Donald Trump robot at Disney World? I. Yes, I've seen him. And I. He doesn't look any – well, I mean, he looks enough like Donald Trump that you know what they're going for there. Just the hair. The hair is weird. Somebody said it looked like they were moving forward with the Hillary Clinton bot. (laughs) Expecting her to win. Expecting her to win and then just said, screw it, we'll just make do with what we've already got. And that's pretty on point. When you see the face up close, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, I also thought that they could have done a lot more with the hands to make it more authentic. He's got some very specific things he does with his hands like this. He just bends that first finger down when he's doing his things. That that I think would have been uh, much 
more realistic. The presidency of the United States is a role unique in the world. That's not him. Above all, to be American is to be an optimist, to believe that we can always do better. And that the best days of our great nation are still ahead of us. Now, and I, I've not seen this in Disney World. Is that every president? It is. It, so, They're all up there? So it's every president. And to not make the show extensive, like, super long, right. they basically introduce the presidents and put spotlights on the big ones. And then some will say, like, Lincoln Lincoln will say a few words. Then they'll move on to other presidents. The sitting president has a longer speech. And so that's why Trump. Uh, How long does it take? Uh, I'd say it's about 15 minutes. That's a lot. 20 minutes. And they're all 10, 15 moving. Yeah, they are. They're animatronic. Ah, I know yeah. they're robots, yeah. but that. Yeah. But when you even when you see the speech and you see whoever that is in the back, <laughs> Buchanan or whoever's supposed to be behind him and his head moves just a little bit. Yeah. Ah! You're like Westworld. Westworld. Very much. Very very Westworld. Logos Christian Academy in Springfield, Illinois. I'm guessing. There's a there's a million Springfields. Right. That's a good. uh, She looks like she's from the Midwest. Nice. What? What does that mean? Well, you tell me. She looks like a nice woman, doesn't she? She's a teacher. She works at Logos Christian Academy, and unfortunately, she began a sexual relationship with a 15 year old student can't do that, right? Mm-mm, especially at Christian school. Oh, I think that's Oregon. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Springfield, Oregon. It turns out this relationship was first reported to law enforcement last week. The boy's father received an anonymous email asking whether he knew his teenage son was in a sexual relationship with the teacher. Oh, wait, there's more. Attached to the email were several photos of her and the boy in bed together. Mm. Who's can't do spying that. on them the or husband. the husband? Well, I just, I just think it's the husband. That's, that's what I think. That's kind of what I read into it also, but... So they weren't pictures that they took of themselves? Oh, uh, I suppose that could be. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Little selfies? Ooh. All right. In Tennessee, a woman gave birth last month to a baby girl who was frozen for 24 years. This was an embryo that was frozen in 1992 when her mother was just a year old. Mm. This is the... All-time record for the longest frozen embryo to come to birth. Uh, This is the the story. It was frozen. You're going to have to explain that. Okay. Uh, Emma is her name. Uh, Emma was frozen. She was an embryo when she was frozen in October 1992. Mom was 18 months old. I don't... I I was expecting to find a medical condition with mom. Why would you take an embryo from a nineteen an eighteen month old? Okay, well it's not. You can't. Yeah, no. So it turns out it was from somebody else. The National Embryo Donation Center is a faith based embryo adoption program in which couples hoping to, hoping to conceive are paired with embryos that will not be used by their genetic parents. Got, Got it. Okay, so someone goes in for a fertility thing. And you have to develop, what's the word, create uh, uh, embryos, and then they implant them one or two at a time. I'm like an uh, 18-month-old doesn't have embryos, no, that's for weird... the love of God. Whoever writes for WPXI should be fired, the way they wrote this. <laughs> it's their fault. Idiots. Uh, w- by the way, we know now who created the WannaCry ransomware attack. Well, we know who's to blame. 
That's an excellent point because I think it may have been exploited an NSA thing that we talked about, but they mm-hmm. used it. Mm-hmm. We'll tell you who the bad guys are. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, Melissa. You know what? We're uh, going to just have Gary intro me the rest uh, of the day. Monica. Uh, you said Melissa, I Amy. I am the worst. Jeez. And I will be the first to admit it. Monica oh, changed her name on some of her profiles. <laughs> so that's probably what it is. <laughs> Just reading about this cruise ship bus. Mexico City, or Associated Press out of Mexico City, says at least 12 people have died. Uh, A bus carrying cruise ship passengers to Mayan ruins in eastern Mexico flipped over on a highway early today. Royal Caribbean Cruises said in a statement that passengers from two of its ships, the Celebrity Equinox and the Serenade of the Seas, were involved in the crash, uh, trying to determine whether U.S. citizens were involved, uh, according to a state civil defense spokesperson, seven Americans and two citizens of Sweden are among the injured. Where were those ships docked? Uh, I'm not sure, but they were going to Mayan ruins in eastern Mexico. So, uh, Cosimo? South of Tulum? Tulum. Tulum. Thank you. Anyway. Uh, The administration is now publicly blaming North Korea for the ransomware attack known as the WannaCry attack. Uh, The Homeland Security Advisor Tom Bossert wrote in an op-ed published last night that North Korea was directly responsible. And they said the administration is finding a responsibility based on the evidence uh, and confirmed by other governments and private companies, including biggies like United Kingdom, uh, Microsoft security team says it was North Korea. And then a bunch of our allies, of course, are going to say it, including Australia, New Zealand, etc. Canada, of course. Now, there was a concern that this may have come from a an exploit that was originally publicized by the National Security Administration. It was a, a vulnerability in mostly older versions of the Microsoft Windows operating system. And those computers that were affected were generally not patched with the security fixes that would have blocked it. But security experts traced that exploitation of the weakness back to the NSA as part of that cache of stolen NSA cyber weapons. It was it was weird. I mean, when you think about it, it's cybersecurity is, for a lot of people, sort of this nebulous... Uh, term, and it's not really something that you can put your fingers on. It's like Bitcoin. You can't really explain it, although you know it's important. Microsoft's president said that this is like the U.S. military having some of its Tomahawk missiles stolen, and that these intelligence agencies, like the NSA, should disclose these vulnerabilities rather than keeping them all to themselves. I don't know if that's the case, necessarily. The only reason why this thing stopped, why it came to a screeching halt, was a British hacker named Marcus Hutchins who discovered that the WannaCry author, whoever wrote this thing, embedded a kill switch in the code. And once he figured that out, it's just a matter of enabling that switch. And any attack that was on, that you were under was then over at that case. He was arrested a few months later during a visit to the United States, unrelated forms of malware that he was accused of doing. So even though he saved a lot of uh, countries and private entities from this WannaCry 
he was doing other nefarious things that the U.S. said he shouldn't be doing. Well, the House has passed that massive Republican tax plan. Senate set to vote this evening. A lot of Democratic opposition to this. The biggest overhaul of the U.S. tax code in three decades. We're going to go live to Washington, D.C. when we come back. Also, did Marco Rubio get enough for his vote? Some people are saying he didn't do enough to help working class families with this Republican tax bill. He was uh, he was holding out for the child tax credit, if I'm not mistaken. Right. He wanted it doubled, I think. All right. Well, we'll talk about all of that when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Swap Watch 2017. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. We told you that it looks like the the uh, House or the House has voted on the Republican tax plan. Goes on to the Senate. President Trump could sign it by tomorrow, I guess. ABC's Serena Marshall has been following this story along with us uh, and joins us live. Hey, Serena, how is things? Hi, guys. Uh, we now know that there were 12 Republicans who voted against this tax bill. No Democrats voted in favor of it. That's about what we expected, right? Yeah, that's about where we thought things were going to shake out. The 12 Republicans that crossed over to vote with Democrats against the bill had all indicated they would likely vote against it. Um, I believe all 12 of those were from California, New York, and New Jersey, and um, and they still were able to get that through the House, no problem, and off it is to the Senate. Well, we'll probably see a vote later tonight. So what changes are made? Well, this is the reconcili- reconciled bill between the House and Senate version. It's the one we first got a glimpse of on Friday. It's more than a 1,000 pages, and it keeps the tax brackets at 7. Uh, it reduces the top rate to 37 percent. That corporate tax rate is at 21 percent, down from 35 percent. Uh, and so it's, it's basically what we've been talking about over the past couple of weeks, if not months, that reconciled bill of the House and Senate versions really took a lot of the issues and met them right in the middle. We, did, we didn't see any... Um changes to this version that would disqualify people from the Senate who were also sort of waiting to make sure that their yeses were yeses, uh, Susan Collins or Marco Rubio, Bob Corker, this, they are still expected to vote yes. Yeah, they're still expected to vote yes. Uh, Marco Rubio and Bob Corker specifically said that they were yeses on Friday when we got the full text of this bill. We heard from Susan Collins in the last day or so, and she's indicated she's a yes. And so even without Senator John McCain there, remember he's at home for some treatment, uh, they will have the votes, it looks like, in the Senate to pass this. Marco Rubio wanted to increase the, the child tax credit. And I was reading about what he wanted under under the Senate bill uh, before the compromise. A family earning about $25,000 per year with two kids would would have received about 2300 from the tax credit. Then Rubio intervenes, speaks with the GOP leadership, a compromise is made, and now the same family would get about $600 more. But the poorest families, people making about 15000 per year, would only get about 1900 for two kids. I just don't understand how that makes sense. And maybe it's just are are there more poorer families? But it just seems like there were some inequities when it comes to the poorest people in, in this tax bill. 
Well, the way he did is he expanded the child tax credit. It went from $1,000 to $2,000, and he wanted more of that $2,000 refundable. Originally, it had been refundable up to $1,100, and he got that up to $1,400. So that really only means that you're increasing that child tax credit by about 25 bucks per month for the average family. Uh, but he wanted to see more money that would benefit the middle class, and that's what he he said he got with that increase in the refundable portion of that tax credit. And then a lot of these numbers, uh, a lot of these plans will expire. There is a there is a provision that they would be done by 2026. And at that point, either we have to rely on Congress to come up with a new plan or we revert back to the current numbers. Is that right? Yeah, so this plan, the corporate tax rate that dropped from 35 to 21, those are forever, but those individual tax breaks do expire after 10 years. And some recent analyses that we've seen, like the Nonpartisan Tax Policy Center, for example, have indicated that when those expire, the under current law, roughly 86 million people, they said, would see a tax increase compared to current law today, and that 83% of anticipated benefits would be actually reaped by the wealthiest 1% of taxpayers. Now, Paul Ryan was asked about that today, and he says his plan is that they would actually extend those tax breaks when that time came, but because of Senate rules, they couldn't make those permanent. Because remember, they wanted to do this under reconciliation, which means it has to be uh, less than $1.5 trillion of the deficit, and uh, they can't do things that are basically forever under that rule. When does the estate tax amendment kick in? Well, all of these are expected to kick in together at the same time once signed into law. Now, President Trump, I believe, last week said the Treasury Department told him you could see these as soon as March. I don't know about that exactly. I think we'll have to wait and see first when they're signed and then when they're able to roll these out. And remember, it's the IRS that is responsible for rolling out these tax breaks and the changes, and it's whether or not they can actually get up to speed as well. They have to recode everything in their system. So uh, how that'll work out will be something to watch for, for sure. All right, Serena, thank you. Thank you. Serena Marshall there with ABC News, the latest from Capitol Hill. Um, She mentioned the Republicans who voted against the bill. There's one from North Carolina, Walter Jones, but the rest are from New York and New Jersey. Dan Donovan, John Faso of New York, Peter King, uh, Elise Stefanik, and uh, Lee Zeldin of New York. In New Jersey, it was Rodney Frelinghausen, Leonard Lance, Frank DeBiondo, and Christopher Smith. And then in California... Dana Rohrbacher and Daryl Issa, the only two. Think of that. I know we have more than that, but only two Republican members of the House from California voted against this. More coming up in Swamp Watch when we come back to Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Shannon, middle of Swamp Watch on this Tuesday, December 19th. About an hour ago, the House passed their version of the tax reform bill, and the Senate has just opened debate on the tax plan. So we probably could see a vote. It's expected by later tonight, uh, but at the very latest, it would be tomorrow before they get a chance to vote on it. Hey, coming up. Right after Monica's news at the top of the hour, we are going to be talking with Alex Stone. He'll have all the latest about that train derailment up there in Washington, south of Seattle. But the latest development has been that they're looking at if this engineer was distracted, not by a phone or anything like that, but by maybe the presence of an employee in training who was next to him in the locomotive. 
That seems weird to me, that that would be enough of a distraction to yeah. miss a speed limit sign in a train. Uh, Senator Tim Kaine, former vice presidential candidate, had asked the House Office of Compliance, sorry, the Senate Office of Compliance, about information on sexual harassment claims filed in the Senate. Because he was saying he was going to make it public. He asked way back on the 6th of December on any taxpayer-funded settlements that the Office of Compliance would have approved for Senate employers, adding that he would then release the broad outlines of the information in the interest of transparency. Um, the, the office said no. Uh, they said no, which means something. I mean, it's particularly notable given the, the fact that the office provided the House Administration Committee details on taxpayer-funded settlements processed in the House the day after they were requested. Doesn't make any sense. In a letter that, to respond to Senator Kane's request, the executive director of that office said the confidentiality provisions of the law in 1995 that created workplace misconduct system prevented a detailed response. Make any sense? It's not a party thing, is it? I mean, they wouldn't necessarily give it to the House with all of this information and then not give it to Tim Kaine just because he ran with Hillary Clinton. Or would they? Or Yeah. I love this story that Oscar found. (laughs) A cosmetics executive in New York who publicly alleged that, was that a sneeze or a cough? It was a cough, sorry. Okay. I didn't know whether to bless you or not. Oh, I have, in the one o'clock hour, I'm going to show you that it is true that celebrities do listen to this show. Oh, really? Yes. I have proof. Not just Ben Roethlisberger calling no. Dilly Dilly? No. Musicians. Mm. Musicians. A platinum record. Like Mariah Carey? Platinum selling artists. No, I wouldn't say Mariah Carey. All right. So this cosmetics executive in New York who publicly alleged that Donald Trump sexually assaulted her in the 90s apparently repeatedly solicited Trump to become his campaign makeup artist. These are emails that Trump's people handed over when her allegations saw the light of day. Because if he went after her and assaulted her, why would she repeatedly ask for a job from this monster, right? Here are the emails. Hi, Donald, she writes. You're doing a tremendous job of shaking things up in the United States. I am definitely on Team Trump, as so many others are. Her name's Jill Harth. She wrote that to him in October 2015. Okay, wait, wait. So October 2015, we've already seen um, a handful of debates at that point. Mm -hmm. This is already after the whole Megyn Kelly thing. She's bleeding from her ears or eyes or whatever, right? So he's already made a huge splash. And there are still, what is it, 15 candidates, uh, 17 candidates, I think, on the Republican side of the ticket. Okay, so October 2015. She sent that email through his New York company's headquarters. She writes, I can't watch television without seeing you or hearing your name everywhere. It's a good thing for sure, but please, in caps, let me do your makeup for a television interview, a debate, a photo session, anything. It kills me to see you looking too orange and with white circles under the eyes. I will get your skin looking smoother and even toned. I'll sculpt your face to look good on high-def television sets. In another email, 
she's trying to get a one-on-one meeting with him, and she offers to be a campaign surrogate, uh, willing to tell voters how Trump helps me with my self-confidence and all positive things about how he is with women. Now, wait a minute. I am glad he got that taken care of, though. The orange and white circles. Did he? Yeah, for the most part. For the most part. It was pretty bad during the campaign season. And the thing is, the pictures that you see with that are are most mostly old pictures, right. older pictures that the, uh, you know, the news media could care less if he looks like, if he looks funny in them. But now this woman, this Jessica Harth that you're talking about, is that not the same woman who sued in federal court in 1997? Yes, for sexual harassment. Yes, or uh, the series of campaign interviews she did last year in which she accused Donald Trump of sexually assaulting her sexually assaulting her more than two decades ago in her 1997 lawsuit and during the campaign she alleged that during a meeting back in 93 at trump's mar-a-lago resort he pushed her up against a wall and groped her trying to get his hands up her dress now she was asked about the discrepancies between that story and these flattering appear to be flattering uh business pitches as it were And her response was, well, the flattering nature of these emails, it was necessary to satisfy Trump's huge ego and that the passage of a passage of time had left her feeling comfortable asking for a job that would put her in close proximity. She says, yes, I had moved on, but I had not forgotten the pain he brought into my life. I was older, wiser. Trump was married to Melania and I had hoped he was a changed man. No, no. She, well, let's just let's just say this though. She was one of nineteen women to accuse the president of some sort of misdeeds. The same kind of misdeeds we're hearing about everywhere now. So, but but do you get over it? Do you get over that? And then uh, ask the well, guy for it, a job? It kind I, of plays into why some women allow this to happen. With when you're talking about powerful men, because they can do things for their career. That's a weird, weird thing. Uh, she also says she did get to see him in person, by the way. She scored tickets to one of his campaign events in South Carolina and met him backstage. And she said, I went to a rally for Trump. We met and we had an understanding that he that we wouldn't let sleeping dogs lie in regards to that old complaint. You can't have it both ways. No, You can't say on one hand, this is somebody who groped me and I am a fighter for women. And then on the other hand... Try to get a job from the guy. Well, it's one or the other. If you're a woman and you see this, don't you think that she totally undermines the the arguments that you yes. guys have been making about this? It's, it's frustrating. Got to be frustrating. All right. Coming back, uh, we're going to update you on what's going on with the train derailment investigation up in Washington State. Alex Stone is going to join us. And then we're going to get into Tinder Tuesday. Talk about Blake's profile, what it means, how we can alter it, and the hottest places and hottest apps to use in those places from our dating correspondent, Monica Ricks. No! Yeah, too late. Oh I just labeled God. it. Yep, it counts. It stuck. And now she hates us both. stimulating talk well early this morning we found out that that train that derailed south of seattle was going 80 miles per hour in a 30 mile per hour zone 
when there was a press, I guess you could say kind of like a, a, a press run so that all the dignitaries could advertise the new high-speed run from Seattle to Portland. There was that press run on the train trip on Friday that was intended for a photo op. The dignitaries remembered it slowing significant, uh, significantly when it came to that turn. So why didn't it slow down on its inaugural run? ABC's Alex Stone has uh, made his way up to Washington State to help cover the story for us. Alex, what's going on? Hey, guys. And uh, yeah, that question of why, what happened, is exactly what the NTSB is trying to figure out right now. They're hoping that they can talk to the engineer today and begin to ask him some questions. They they want to know what, one, his sleep pattern was like, what he was doing at that time, what his day had been like before that. But they also just flat out want to ask him, what was going on in the cab of that locomotive? Were you paying attention? Uh, were you disoriented? Were you incapacitated in some way? Uh, was there some kind of mechanical issue? There was no mayday call that was made beforehand. We heard the, the radio traffic afterwards of the uh, the conductor calling out and saying that they had derailed. But beforehand, the engineer, the, the guy who was actually driving the train, didn't make any sort of radio call to say he couldn't stop the train. They want to know what happened and, and why that train didn't slow down to 30 miles an hour. When there was a train crash in Philadelphia recently, uh, within the last couple of years, there was one in the Bronx. Both times I remember the NTSB saying, we want to talk to the, to the conductor, the engineer, whoever's in charge of the train. Why does it take so long for them to do that? I would imagine that outside of you know injuries that would prevent them from speaking, they would want to know right away what this person has to say. Well, and it's the same thing with plane crashes and with bus crashes, and sometimes it takes some time uh, in that uh, lawyers are involved, and, and sometimes the, the they are injured. Yeah, his, his injuries, we don't really know the severity of them. Everybody was injured on board the train. That, that over 100 people were transported, or right around 100 people. But uh, is he in a, a state of mind? Is he on any kind of painkillers at this point? They have to be able to prove that they got him in a, a clear state of mind that all of that sometimes adds up to they give them some time. We, we've covered plane crashes before where uh, they say, hey, they'll give them a week before they, they sit them down. They want the person to be in a, a good frame of mind, be willing to talk, be lucid, be uh, able to, to, to give details without being nervous about it or thinking that they're in trouble. So they may talk to them today. We're going to get a an update from the NTSB in a, a little less than two hours. I think and we part may find out that they did get a chance to sit down. Sorry, Alex. I, I think a part of it, too, is they want to corroborate other stories from conductors who were on board. What did they see? What did they observe? Uh, other people working on the train, maybe so they have more pieces before they talk to the conductor. Sure. I'm sorry, and, you know, the like engineer. We've FBI, FBI agents say before that they want to go in with the answers and, and already knowing the answers before they ask them to, to see what the what answers they're going to get from the the, the man who is driving the, the train. This is a sharp turn. Looking at it right now, it's an almost 90-degree turn they had to make. There was no way at 80 miles an hour that this train was going to be able to make that turn, and and it didn't. And it's very much like you know playing with toy trains, and it just got knocked off of the, the tracks. And these cars that they've been removing all day today, they look like toy trains. Just the way they came down, it's incredible to think people were in these and that they survived. Only three people dead. Horrendous that they died. But rescuers are saying they are amazed of the... Oh, hang on one second. Shannon hit the phone. Hang on hang on a second, Alex. Sorry about that. Shannon hit the phone. 
for some reason put you on speaker there for a second. Hey, a quick question, and I don't know if you know the answer to this. Why did the death toll go down? Why did it go from six yesterday, which was unofficial, uh, granted, but uh, NTSB said three. Do we have any explanation for that? Yeah, because it never really was six. Uh, whoever was reporting that, I know we stayed away from the numbers, uh, that, that it was an unofficial number. We were told early on, don't go with that number. It's, it's not correct, that they just didn't know. Uh, and unlike uh, some jurisdictions, they decided instead of giving any indication that they would just say all day that, that they didn't know, that they were waiting for a final number. Once that final number came out, it was at three. Uh, in fact, uh, we just had got an update from the, the, the Washington uh, State Police, and they said, no, it never was six, and they never saw it as being six, but that somebody had put it out there, and then everybody ran with it uh, at that point. There are a number of folks who are critically injured in hospitals uh, all around Seattle that they've been transferred around as they're getting different levels of treatment. There is a chance that the number is going to go up, unfortunately, but right now it is staying steady at three. Alex Stone, ABC News, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. We are learning about uh, people who lost their lives in this crash, at least two of the victims of this derailment. Uh, Zach Wilhoit and James Ham- Hamra, close friends, rail enthusiasts, were traveling together on this inaugural journey. A colleague and friend of the two says it was just a given that they would be there. They wanted to be there on that very, very first run. Yeah, for for James, this was a uh, century-long family legacy, uh, the love of trains. Their grandfather worked for the Chicago-Milwaukee-St. Paul Pacific Railroad, which doesn't operate anymore. Their parents met in the early 50s as employees for a railroad in Montana. Um, James' brother said, uh, we've always had trains in our blood. We had model trains when we were kids. James never married or had children. Yeah. He helped care for his mother, who was 89. He was working for as a civil engineer for the State Department of Transportation before he retired. And then for for Zach, he's 35, and he was a, he and James were both volunteers for All Aboard Washington, which is a, a rail advocacy group. He was a, he was married, big comic book guy, huge Star Wars fan, and he got a kick out of old buses, which I think is funny. So he, he owned an old transit bus, and his buddies used to call him the bus dude. So two guys that love trains and had trains in their families and everything like that were killed by a train. Yeah. It's just a weird poetic end. I mean, I don't mean that in a tongue-in-cheek way. Darkly but it's, poetic. Yeah. Ironic. All right. Coming up next, Tinder Tuesday commences. And what a Tinder Tuesday it will be. By the way, get your, uh, get your dating app horror stories ready because we're going to take some calls here in a little while about Things that have gone horribly wrong with these dating apps. Also, if you want to date Blake, we'll take your uh, pitches. I'm sorry, your what? Your pitches. Got it. And I have to explain to you why I think celebrities listen to our show. Oh, right. You're we'll do that say. when we come okay, back. Okay, excellent. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon. The uh, Senate has now officially begun its debate on the tax reform bill. The House passed it earlier today, their version of it. So it looks like they, uh, the Senate will pass this. And uh, maybe later tonight, first thing in the morning, however they're going to do it. Also, uh, the Thomas Fire is now at 271,750 or 750 acres. 
It is just uh, just a smidge behind the number two largest fire in the state and is uh, within striking distance of becoming the largest fire in the history of California. Uh, I wanted to mention this very quickly. We've said a couple of times we believe that there are a lot of people who listen to this show. Uh, our first real version of it, uh, indication of it, was when then-coach Jeff Fisher of the L.A. Rams uh, made fun of his own comment about 7-9. and nine. Yeah. Remember he was talking about he doesn't not going to 7-9. and nine. We're going to present the same problems for our opponents. It's <laughs> okay. That was the like... That was the last episode of Hard Knocks, and he talked about 7 and 9 BS. After we had regularly adopted it yeah. and used it frequently. Uh, here's By the one. way, yeah. I've, I was thinking about Jeff Fisher this morning. Why? Because the Rams you were shaving? are on a roll. The Rams look oh. great. It's the biggest turnaround I can remember. Some new blood. And poor Jeff Fisher. But, you know, not poor Jeff Fisher. He made fine. a lot of money. He's probably fly fishing. Fly fishing in Montana where it's 12 degrees. It'll be fine. Here's the new one. Macklemore's out with a new album. Okay. The song How to Play the Flute. You know that little little sneeze that Blake plays of you sneezing? This is from years ago that you did this, Mm -hmm. but we've played it every once in a while. Play that sneeze for me, Blake. Listen to what Macklemore does on his new song, How to Play the Flute. God bless you. God bless you. Oh my goodness. I think he listens to the show. I don't know how he stole your sneeze. Well, he, it's not stealing. It was not it, we stealing. Pro- we provided inspiration. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Yeah. Yeah, that's blatant theft. That's pretty clear. Yeah, that's blatant theft. So let's get Ben on the phone and we'll see get the if he'll come on in. This? And, yeah. All right. Okay. It's All right. Twitter Tuesday. We've got no, no, no. Tinder Tuesday. That's what I mean. Just trying to make it a little less obvious so that Blake didn't feel bad. We've got Blake's uh, Tinder profile here. Oh, is that what you guys were laughing at during the break? Oh, Monica. Damn. Blake, I love the first picture. You look great. The, the first you picture, took the picture. The first picture is here. Yeah. So number one, it, it kills two birds with one stone. It gives you a full facial mm-hmm. uh, look, like full face look. He's happy guy. He's a happy guy. <laughs> you can see everything that Blake's got got working right, and it's clear he has a job. He's, you think? Here's what I think we need to do. <laughs> yeah. We need to get rid of the second picture, which is Blake flashing eating a, a rabbit. Sca- it looks like Blake's eating a rabbit. Yeah, there's a rabbit, and he's got this. his he's got his teeth like this, like he's gonna to bite into that rabbit, and it's scary as hell. The rabbit oh. is obviously scary. Kill it, then. And, Kill and the he picture. only has and he only has I just killed it. He only has two. Well, now one picture. Now he's got one. You have picture. space for six. You need now to fill that no, up. I have. I literally have no pictures can of myself. I, uh, I uh, can I give you maybe? Well, first of all, we need to do a photo shoot. I'm gonna and tell you this right now. You can do absolutely whatever you want to that thing. Gary said maybe we should put you out in nature. I think that's Blake's a naturey guy. You know, Take a maybe picture put of you, you out on a, trail. On, a, on a walk or a hike or playing yeah. soccer. Or playing soccer. Playing soccer is another good. idea. On a hike and playing soccer. Here's yeah. something else I'm, I'm also going to throw into the idea mix. How about a, a close-up of one of your tattoos? Maybe the one... Now, uh, now wait a minute. You say those things, Blake. I know because within the last three minutes, I've seen every one of those pictures on your Facebook profile. Pictures of a tattoo. I've seen you in nature. 
I've seen you out and about. I don't think you should give up you all have? the tattoos. Yes. Really? I think just a portion of one of them, just a little teaser. Yeah, don't. You know, like you want to see more of this. Don't. To warn people that he has tattoos because girls, you know. Some of them like Some that. of them like it. Some of them don't. Yeah. True. Um, so a nature pick, an active pick, a soccer type thing. An active. Uh, maybe a, a tattoo picture. I actually like, Blake, if you look at your Facebook profile, I like the second profile pick where it looks like you cut your hair. And you're holding it in your hand. Oh, that's a good yeah. we all like that it when that's he cuts a pretty his old hair. Picture. We yeah. like it when his hair is short. Um, so I would, <laughs> but let me ask. Let me ask women. Uh, should he take a picture with a baby? No, because he's got a couple of those. I have a few at my disposal. Yeah, right. but then it looks like it's oh, your baby. Oh, but I baby. do like the KFI baby. baby the pick. KFI baby's really yeah. cute. That's a relative, right? Yeah. So a lot of uh, I think also a very old picture. No, but no, no, it isn't. Wait, which one? We were at August Golden 11th. Road. Oh, the Golden Road one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, that's new. That's a good picture. That we is a good to... picture, and you could just but say in it's your, your profile, niece. Or just say baby, not mine. You need right. to substitute a baby <laughs> with a puppy. Baby, not, not mine. Hashtag not my baby. I don't uh, have access is, to a puppy. This is a great puppy, picture but... of you at Dodger Stadium with your brother. Oh yeah, look at that. That's it. Oh, that's a the epicenter. That's Quakes game. Okay, well, it's a good picture. You, you can use that one. I mean, it, until we do the photo shoot. Mm. All right. When we come back, we'll talk about the log line that you have. <laughs> oh, like, man. We have got to edit this. Oscar the thought log it was line? Funny. Yeah. It, it's, what now is, I what is the it. title for it? Is it about just, oh, me. The about me Oh, it's section. the profile. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll, we'll talk about that. I'm going to edit that on right now. And by the way, <laughs> if you have some uh, dating nightmares, like your friends grabbed your phone and changed your entire Tinder profile... <laughs> Let us know. 1-800-520-1534. 800-5201-KFI. We'll talk about your dating app nightmares and uh, dip into the knowledge base that is Monica Ricks when it comes to this stuff mm. when we come back also. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. phone for like 20 minutes i have it right here i feel like with you two that's so scary he trusts me us we you. wouldn't do anything <laughs> nefarious part. we're trying to help <laughs> all right, all right. <clears throat> we need to work on the log line here mm-hmm. here's his about me section <sighs> if you're looking for a christian white guy that's frustratingly close to six feet tall cute that still lives at home and once fought a monkey over some sour gummy worms you found him now, my first objection would be with calling yourself a white guy because it's clear that you're white from the picture, right? Yeah. So I'm just Never for nowadays, redundancy's yeah. sake. You know, Mervyn Block, tighter, stronger. Right. Yeah. It's just wasted, sharper. wasted space at that point. Wasted space. Unless she's not sighted. So, um, oh, she might not be sighted. I don't think smart comes... Smartphones uh, come in Braille yet, so... uh... No, but they'll read the information to her. Uh, It's cute that you say that's frustratingly close to six feet tall. That's cute. I would say strategically short of six feet tall. No, because that makes it sound... What's the strategy? What is it benefiting me in? Yeah, no, I frustratingly close through six foot tall doors. I think we should take out the part that says... That still lives at home. Yeah, I was going to say that too, but I was like, I don't want to insult you. Let's take that out. Okay. And uh, because we don't even know if that's going to be a long-term thing. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How about the uh, let's kill the if you're looking for. Let's make a little bit more active voice. than Oh, that. yeah, that's good. And just just own that. How statement. about just like uh, like Christian, period? Uh, like that's the that, first that, word. That was the whole thing. No. Soccer. No, 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 no. We're not going to get poetic here. This uh, is not a Dr. Seuss thing. Why don't you say loves the outdoors? Uh, like, I'm a like uh, man. I've been out of practice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of the adjectives. This is better than mine. That would make you. Well, Cri- Monica, what what adjectives would you want to describe a a single guy? Um, Christian guy, happy. You're Blake's happy. He's always in a good mood. Uh, I mean, you can see that by the anything. pictures too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. well, don't say down for anything because these dating apps uh Got you it. Know, they yeah. can get dicey. That's a, that good tip. Be, good that tip. Be dangerous. Uh-huh. Good tip. Shy away from that. I like. I like that you're an outdoors guy. I would mention something about that. Love sports. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm a fun loving. Mm, no, that sounds no, fun loving. That sounds weird. I'm happy. Then I'm leading with. I mean, I'm but, happy. But you <laughs> can see. No, don't say that. Because <laughs> then that would make me question. Like, are you really? Uh, but no, I. You could tell by the pics that he's a happy guy. Christian guy loves no that's not loves the outdoors okay loves the outdoors athletic watching just shy of six feet athletic yeah I do like that you include the height because that's yeah absolutely really that's a thing yes because I've showed up I've showed up to dates and I'm like oh gosh everybody cares you're you're very short let's just be honest everybody cares yeah (laughs) everybody cares everybody cares I never thought that would have been a thing yeah it is for girls you'd be surprised how many girls on theirs it says if you're six three don't even swipe if you're not six three don't swipe right what well I have friends that are six feet tall and they don't why are they going to waste their time with a guy who's five ten yeah interesting. All right, uh, Christian guy loves the outdoors and watching sports. Athletic, just shy of six feet tall. Um, if you include the baby picture, please make sure that you mention that baby is not yours. Um, BTW, that baby's not mine. That's funny. Hashtag not I, my baby. I right, also, hashtag not my baby. I also like the hook line though that hashtag. Blake that Blake put in there. The I once fought a monkey for sour I gummy do, worms. I enjoy because I enjoy that's that a well. conversation it's a, it starter. It is a conversation yep. starter. Well, so I think that keeps you keep that in monkey. there. Monkey. Can I say a foreign monkey? No, just say a no, monkey. Like, why that is that? Makes him well, it was it was the monkey was from Costa Rica. Yeah, but Blake was Sounds the foreigner. Sounds more exotic. In that. Blake was the foreigner. We in don't that have scenario. a lot of like domestic True. monkeys no. in the United States True. either, so I think it kind of covers it as a All foreign right. monkey. All right. I don't know. <laughs> Loves to travel. Yeah. Do you love to travel, Blake? I do very much. I just don't do it much. Okay. Just don't include also that last a thing part. because yeah. then yeah. somebody says, "Well, do you love to travel?" And That's you more say, a lack of fun situation. Yeah. That's okay. Fine. Here's what we got: yeah. Christian guy loves the outdoors and watching sports. Athletic, just shy of six feet tall. Once fought a monkey over sour gummy worms. Period. Hashtag not my baby. Yes, I love it. Short and sweet. That's good. Yes. I'm, See, I would swipe right for your, a profile like okay, that. Okay, I'm changing it right now. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh-huh. That's. And no, like walks on the beach thing. No, 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 that's corny. Mm. You don't what need. You don't Playboy need to know. You don't need to know if he's romantic in any way. No. <laughs> wow, that was very quick. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. Well, now all we got to do is work on some of those pictures that uh, that we talked about, and I think you're set, Blake. Do yeah. I use complete sentences, Monica? No. Okay. No. Got Short, it. sweet. Yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. I, what you said, what you said a minute ago, was great. Okay. I always have a hard time with that too because, like, my grammar inside of me yes. doesn't allow me to do that. I know it do freaks guys, me out. Uh, question for Blake: Do guys swipe right for 
the complete profile or do you like the funny, catchy lines? Um, I, I've done, I guess I've swiped right for both because mm-hmm. one of them, she, her, what was it? It was really funny. She said, ask me about the time I gave a guy an enema. Oh, and I no. thought that was really God. funny. So I just wanted to know no. what the story no. was. No, there's no, no, there's no. no, there's no funny part of that. There's no funny I don't part. Have to meet the girl. It's just a good story. Monica, I'm <laughs> struggling with punctuation. But I've also uh, Christian guy, comma loves the outdoors and watching sports. That's just a fragment. These are just fragments. Doesn't matter. I think you just put periods Love after the, each one. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a period. Sure. Or no. what? It's like you're sending text or, messages. I like how you said it. Uh, Christian guy, comma loves the outdoors, comma. Or loves the outdoors and watching sports. And watching and then sports, what? Period. period. Athletic. Okay, that's just right. shy of six feet tall. Period. Okay. And then very short sentences. Oh, yeah. wait, what did I do? Uh-oh. Mine says, sucker for a big butt and a great smile. Ooh, I like that. Oh, your dad just texted. Too <laughs> oh, funny. <okay. laughs> there you go. Oh, uh, this is fun. <sighs> are, how many are you on, Blake? Just one? Three, technically. Okay. Let me guess. Technically, as in that's how you count. Is it Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge? No. Oh. Tinder, Bumble, and Christian Mingle. Okay. Oh, that's a good one. Because I figured let's give that one a shot. Why not? You said Monica. Uh, So I've tried a couple. Okay. I did Tinder. I am still on Bumble. That's where girls make the first move. Hinge. Um, Hinge, uh, it's basically like one of those uh, matchmaking dating profiles that you answer some questions in your profile and so you get to see the other person's personality a little bit. There's Coffee Meets Bagel. Uh, there's Happen, which was super creepy. Happen uh, is basically, uh, it matches you with people that just walk by you. No. Yeah, that's creepy. There was <laughs> one called The League that I tried, but I thought that was really pretentious. Uh, it started as people who went to Ivy League schools, and then they opened it up to people who just went to college, and there was a waiting list, and I tried it for about 3.5 seconds, and I hated it. Well, when we come back, you're going to have to break down some of these because I have many questions about. You've given me seven right there that I've, (laughs) not to mention there's a few others that you haven't mentioned, so uh, we'll ask about each of these. How's that going? Did you change the profile? Uh, Yeah, I changed the profile, and now I'm just trying to get that picture of him and the baby. Okay, excellent. It was on his Facebook it. thing, right? We're yeah, doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing... It was somebody else's picture that tagged uh, him. In. Yeah, Tinder. Tuesday. You're gonna have to like go into my Facebook probably and save it, and then mm. go into, deep dive, and then deep go dive. back and okay, pick that's from above photo library. my. That's above her, her, my. You guys, her yeah. forehead is crinkling right now. She's <laughs> not. She's not responding well to this. Okay, I'll have Blake uh, find retrieve that the baby picture, and then what else were we gonna do? I like the oh, one the where, Dodger Stadium one. Where he's holding. He's I like the one with his hair. Okay, the hair one, and then the one of you and your brother at the soccer stadium. The Dodger Stadium one. I like the one with the th- three people in the picture. Yeah, me too. Two. Yeah, me too. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All of this because we're doing <laughs> Tinder Tuesday and taking over Blake's Tinder profile. We'll be back with more on the Gary and Shannon Show. I Gary and Shannon. The beginning of this hour, we talked with ABC's Alex Stone about the Amtrak crash up in Washington State that killed three people. Uh, And he alluded to the idea that the NTSB was planning on holding another news conference sometime, uh, well, during the John and Ken show. So they'll bring you the latest information on that as that investigation continues. in Washington, Democrats say three provisions in the Republican tax bill violate Senate rules and will be removed. So the House is going to re-vote tomorrow. Oh, well, now that changes things, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, not a lot. We're talking about uh, 
Tinder and dating apps in general, uh, we're going to go through and completely redo Blake's Tinder profile. Yeah, I think so far so good. Okay, Monica made the right adjustments. I fixed it a little bit. uh, Blake, I'm going to bring this back to you. Let's go live with this thing. Have you uh, swiped Uh, any swiped right right on any of the girls? Can I just hit done? Yeah, to save changes. Okay, I think so. Yeah. Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna look for some girls. Top right corner, there should be a little flame button. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hit that, and then there's the girls. And how many do you get? How many can you switch? You can't just sit there all day. You can. No, you, I, I, I think the limit on Tinder is 100. Why do wow. I know that? Monica, <laughs> I'm learning a lot about you. Jesus. How do I make this go to where the flame is? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, God. Here okay. you go. Okay. okay. She's right. cute. Did We, well, we liked we, her, right? Yeah. I like her a lot. She, I, she seems a little too much... She does seem oh. too much. Well, what's well, her, what kind of girls name? do you what's like? Her name? How old is she? Michelle. She's twenty three. She's beautiful. What's uh, describe the picture? What did, uh, what she's holding a glass of white wine. It looks to be a Sauvignon Blanc or she's, maybe a Sancerre. She's, or, <laughs> she's in a restaurant somewhere. <laughs> she's a Latina. It looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's got uh, two, three inches of. Uh, Let me see. Leave it. I didn't even notice. Oh right. yes, you did. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <gasps> oh, what'd you do? Instant message her? I super liked her. Oh, I'm so sorry. Wow. Monica, the <laughs> turbo Tinder user. What is a super like? So you swipe up, but okay, so oh because gosh. I use several, I have used several different apps, and one of them that I like right now swipes up to see more pictures. I forgot that swiping up on so, Tinder <laughs> is a super like. Oh, so Blake, I hit, let us know but how listen, the she goes. was attractive. I so hit we, an X if thing. I don't like her. You can swipe left if you don't like her. Left. This way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Left. No, she's she's yeah. too much. There she looks go. nice. Yeah. Oh, you're you're not. We only well, have five. We only get five. Five. Yeah. And one super like. Did I say like her? What does the star mean? Super like. Oh, oh don't do the, that! Don't do that! The heart is like. Is yeah. Like, and what's yeah. the lightning bolt? Uh, or no, not the lightning bolt. We're not that stuff. You got to pay. This is an X. I think. Well, it is. Are those, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are those sunflowers anyway? She's pretty. Well, you got to describe these people. Too who, high who are maintenance. These girls? Lizzie is very pretty, but she looks like a pouty model. High maintenance. <laughs> um. No, no. No, I don't know what that is. She seems nice. She does seem nice. Who's She's, that? Who's Anna. This? How do I get more pictures? Nope. What? Oh. I yeah. guess you just. She likes the outdoors too. <laughs> oh, there's very outdoursy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she was in a wedding, she so you know wedding. she's got friends. How do we find out where she lives? Uh, you can see it. In the oh, program. nine miles away. Avid, procra- active procrastinator, coffee drinker, Netflix watcher, concert goer, dog mom, a future educator. Oh, yeah. I Disneyland like her. goer, baker, that, and hiker. That's I like that. Yeah, like Swipe her. right. Really Swipe yeah. right. I yeah, I liked her. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did it. That's good. Okay. No. no, not your type. Striped shirts or a no. <laughs> uh-uh. so bathroom now, selfies. Okay, bathroom, what's my selfie? Type? bathroom has... selfie with like yeah, a, a superimposed Instagram hearts on your head. I hate. Ooh. Oh, that's a Snapchat no. filter. This one's I got actually, too much cleavage. I hate gym and bathroom selfies. Mm-hmm. Agree. Ugh. Blake's gonna have to report back if any of these ladies. Can I also suggest looking in the affirmative? Looking over Shannon's shoulder nice. here. She does look nice, but she's got that uh, also that supermodel eyebrow. She's got the eyebrow that says she eyebrow. could kill you, and her Ukrainian brother will hide uh, the body with a makeup brush. Don't put mm-hmm. two women in one Tinder profile picture. I hate it. Yep, I, I hate when. Then you have to figure guys. out which one it is. My, if you're gonna make me guess, I don't want to play. This Worst game. thing is when it's an entire no. group of them for like four a- pictures, and you have to sort out which one's which. Yep. I think the one that looked like a man, you could say. Oh, no. look at her! I love her. Oh, that's an ad. <laughs> yeah, that's. An ad. <laughs> 
She looks like a model. Oh, Budweiser is. is not a person. She's a, she's a model. I was like, look at she's fun. She's spinning around. Yeah. Man, we're gonna have to do something. By the way, life. I think 2018 we found a new Tuesday segment. Oh, this is great. This, this is, is gonna be a lot of fun. All right. Well, good luck, Blake. Play. Is it over? You gotta. Yeah, over. it's already over. Unfortunately. Oh. Um, wow. This is gonna be a lot of fun. Thank you. One day I'll let you swipe on mine. That's next. I'm telling. You. Don't you don't want that guy. Oh. No, oh no no. Oh okay. I, I just, oh my god. It was just the first look at this picture. Why would you use that picture? She That's looks hilarious. like she's in prison. Oh, is she? She wait, might why, be. Wait, why don't I want this? Yeah, you don't want that. No. I can. I nope. can just smell it on him. Oh, she right. looks nice. Well, your suggestions for Tinder Tuesday were greatly appreciated, and Blake and Monica, best of luck, and we'll check back in. Oh my god. Uh, every Tuesday from this now until the rest of your life. This is making me just. She's not going to stop. She's Look what you've started. I know. You've opened the She's floodgates. Now. Well, I John and Ken are so up next. I'm so glad I'm not 23 anymore. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Tune in next week for the hilarious funeral episode on Gary and Shannon.